save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. with Wings Productions with the support of Whimsical Productions and Collected Sounds Presents Episode 21 of The Skylark Bell I'm your host, Melissa Oliveri In our last episode, Magpie heard the story of Meadow Lane straight from Farfalla herself and learned of the devastation caused by the terrible winter of 1925 and how Marius's disappearance led to the silence that fell upon the farm. In today's episode, we continue our adventure with Chapter 21, Now Fly, Sweet Bird, where Magpie learns only she can stop the silence from spreading to the entire town. So get cozy, grab a blanket and a warm drink, and let's get started. Devastated by the tragic loss of her fiancé, her home, and all the beautiful sights and sounds she had grown up with, Farfalla's family moved out of town, hoping for a fresh start. Farfalla stayed behind, unable to completely leave everything she had ever known. She worked as a gardener for various families and businesses. But eventually, the silence at Meadow Lane was discovered, and out of fear, the residents of Pocket shunned Farfalla, shutting her out completely, hardly even speaking to her. One day, several years later, she ran into James Carnifex, who was in town on business. He explained that he and his mother had moved to England several years prior, but that he never felt at home there, and always wanted to return to Pocket. He and Farfalla agreed to meet the next day for tea, then again the day after that. After a brief courting period, he and Farfalla married, soon after which they had a child, Elizabeth. Farfalla thought she had found happiness again in their small house around the corner from the bakery. She sold blackberry jam at the market and knitted scarves, gloves, and shawls to sell at the general store. Farfalla fell into a humble life with a comfortable routine and managed to put her tragic past behind her. But tragedy has a way of catching up. When Elizabeth was two years old, James and Farfalla got word that one of James's relatives had passed away, leaving James his property on a remote Scottish island. They brought Elizabeth to stay with Farfalla's sister, Paloma, 
who would watch Elizabeth at her apartment in the city, while Farfalla and James sailed to Scotland to settle their affairs. Elizabeth lived happily with Paloma, who was only too happy to play the doting aunt. One day, several weeks later, Paloma received an unexpected letter in the mail. 18th of October, 1932 Dear Ms. Shearwater, My son James and I had not spoken for several years, and I was unaware of his marriage to your sister until recent tragic events. My family and I left Pocket years ago, and I made a promise to myself that I would keep James away from the tragedy that hangs over that town. My persistence led to our falling out, and he distanced himself from me completely. And now I see even an ocean cannot spare me from the tragedy that hangs over Pocket. I regret to inform you that James and your sister are presumed to have passed away, their boat never having made the crossing to the remote Scottish island they were traveling to. Though no bodies have been recovered, wreckage of the boat was found on the shore. My heart is shattered. This is a great loss for all involved. All I ever wanted to do was protect him, and it drove him away to the very place I was protecting him from. I apologize for the delay in getting this information to you. As I said, I was unaware of my son's marriage and took quite some time to find your contact information. Please accept my most sincere condolences. Yours in grief, Charlotte Carnifex. James and Farfalla were gone and had not left instructions or funds behind for their daughter's care. Needing to find the means to provide for her young niece, Palomo got a job in the city and proceeded to raise Elizabeth as her own. Elizabeth grew up and wed a kind man who owned a shoe repair shop in the city. They eventually welcomed a daughter, Lillian. Elizabeth lived a very happy life with her husband in the hustle and bustle of the big city, working in an upscale department store, helping ladies choose the perfect new shade of lipstick or gloves to match their outfits. The years flew by, a swirl of birthdays, celebrations, weddings, funerals. Then came the day when Lillian left home to go to art school. Having lost her husband a few years prior, Elizabeth felt quite alone as she rattled around the large, echoing spaces of her apartment. Around that same time, Elizabeth received a strange letter in the mail from a woman claiming to be her mother. Paloma, the woman who had raised her from early childhood, had passed away several years prior, but had mentioned to Elizabeth once that her parents, James and Farfalla, had perished while attempting to reach a remote Scottish island by boat. Though she knew the chances of this letter being true, Elizabeth, perhaps out of a sharp bout of loneliness, decided to write back. This sparked a chain of correspondence that would last years and lead to a beautiful long-distance friendship between Elizabeth and Farfalla. Though she cherished the newfound camaraderie with the author of these letters, Elizabeth never told her daughter about them. It didn't matter to her whether or not the author of the letters truly was her mother. 
the letters came at a time in her life when she needed them most. They were private, special moments that she kept entirely to herself. After several years, Elizabeth's letters stopped coming, and Farfalla eventually learned that Elizabeth had passed away. After that, I just kept quietly to myself, going about my daily business here in pocket, says Farfalla, a faraway look in her eye. My grandmother's name was Lillian, and my great-grandmother's name was Elizabeth, and the people who built my house were Edward and Charlotte Carnifex, and their son's name was James, says Magpie, finally putting all the pieces together. But wait, where were you all those years? What happened with the boat? And how did you find Elizabeth again after all that time? asks Magpie, a multitude of questions swirling in her head. Those are things for a different time, says Farfalla quietly, leaning back in her seat. Telling her story has surely taken a lot of effort, but Magpie can't help but think that there's something more. She sits for a moment, letting it all sink in. Could it be true? Could she really be a descendant of the last resident of Meadow Lane? You also have visions, I presume, adds Farfalla, a sly smile teasing the corner of her mouth. Magpie sits straight up, like a bolt of lightning has hit her. After a brief moment of stunned silence, she whispers, I've seen Marius by the pond. She swallows the lump in her throat before adding, I've never told anyone about the visions. How could you know? We have far more in common than you think, replies Farfalla, a mysterious twinkle in her eye. There will be plenty of time later to sort out these things, but right now we have important matters to attend to. Something was sparked when you arrived in Pocket. The silence at Meadow Lane has started to spread. I'm sure you have noticed some sounds disappear. The residents have noticed, too. You can see the fear in their eyes. There's much more to this than just silence, and there's only one way to stop it. You must go to Meadow Lane and find the Skylark Bell, then ring it loud and clear to break the silence before it reaches any further. Then... She pauses, taking a deep breath. Then everything will find its way in time. But, but none of this makes any sense. How is it even possible? I can't, I mean, I'm just me. I'm not special. I'm not, I'm just, I'm just scared, admits Magpie the weight of the responsibility she has just been given finally becoming clear. Farfalla gently takes both of Magpie's hands in hers, looks deeply into her eyes and in a firm voice reiterates, You are the only one who can stop the silence from spreading. Everyone in Pocket is depending on you, and I know for a fact that you will succeed. Now fly, sweet bird. With that, 
Farfalla folds her arms gently and closes her eyes before falling back into silence. The conversation is over. Magpie sneaks out of the diner unnoticed and races toward Meadow Lane. Thank you so much for listening. Join me next week for our sixth installment of Phantom Friday, where we will tell the story of The House on Edgar Street. Then, the following week, we will pursue our adventure and read Chapter 22 of Meadow Lane and the Skylark Bell. This is how ghosts must feel. Will Magpie succeed in ringing the Skylark Bell and ending the silence at Meadow Lane once and for all? Before I go, I'd like to thank Phaeton Starling Publishing for this fantastically eerie story, and Canel for composing equally fantastic and eerie music for this podcast. If you're enjoying this story, please consider leaving a rating and a review. They're both very much appreciated. Thank you. <laughs>